update. SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Now, in the past couple of months, uh, we've heard calls uh, being made to young people um, for them to exercise their right to vote. And the messaging uh, has been crafted from political parties to the IEC. Uh, That message seems to just uh, be going above people's heads and they're not heeding the call and numbers uh, don't lie. And Tessa Dooms is joining us as, uh, she's joining us as a youth worker and social activist. Uh, So let's talk about, I mean, all these messages that uh, these political parties are putting out, including the IEC. Uh, what is um, feedback? Uh, you've given us your perspective. What is feedback from young people? What are, are they reading out of this? So the first um, bit of feedback is that young people don't know what manifestos are. So political parties are not doing the work of actually distributing and talking through their manifestos substantively with young people. Um, so most young people who are engaged thought that a political party manifesto is a pamphlet because that's as much as they've been given access to. Um, political parties put their manifestos, the full documents, on um, their websites and things like that, but don't make it easily accessible. So that was one of the first things that young people really do want more of the content of what parties are presenting and not only the what but also the how. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, a, there's a hunger for that. Um, the second thing that I think is important is young people want to feel like they are being heard by parties. And this was an important um, thing for me last year in engaging with young people because um, they don't believe that political parties and the leadership that exists today, especially um, in terms of the age of those leaders, um, are really in touch with the day-to-day realities of being youth. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, um, when we talk to young people about education, in rural areas, the predominant um, theme is that young people want to um, get TVET colleges in their communities. Now, a manifesto might say, you know, TVET colleges are important and we'll make sure that, you know, TVETs are upgraded. Where young people are saying, listen to what we're saying. We're not saying we want fancier TVETs. We want them closer. So young people want to be heard on these issues, and they have a lot of suggestions that I think are rooted in reality and make them experts in a way that political parties aren't seeing them. So why are we not listening to this? Um, Because, I mean, it sounds obvious to me that if you're saying that I'm your target audience and I tell you what I want to hear, uh, the campaign should then be addressing those issues that are raised by young people. That's absolutely right. So the logic is that if the majority of South Africans, which we know now is the case, are under the age of 35, if a large part of the electorate and every new voter is a young person, then Mm. somebody should be targeting their energies towards youth. So there, there are two problems I think political parties face when it comes to young people. The first is that even within their own internal structures, most political parties really get young people to youth leagues and youth wings and youth divisions. So young people, even within political parties, are not mainstreamed as decision makers, as thought leaders, as people who can think in the main part of the party. They're Mm. what I call the children's tables of political parties. So that's not even talking about the large majority of young people who are not part of the membership. When it comes to those young people, it's even further removed for political parties because they don't believe that unless a young person is part of our party, that they deserve to be heard. So it's almost like we will only listen to you if we know we have your support. 
And in fact, political logic needs to be in the reverse. It should be, we will listen to you in order to get your support. And I don't think we've matured enough in our democracy that we're ready to um, do politics from the ground up. Mm. We, uh, we've become very comfortable with top-down politics. We will tell you what we're going to do, and then you must agree with us. Rather than we will do things from the grassroots up, we will listen to people and allow them to build movements from the bottom up. And, and if this is not addressed, what is likely to happen? I mean, we're beginning to see this in form of protests and um, vandalism. So um, people often refer to Seize Must Fall as the big youth moment in this country. Mm-hmm. To be fair, um, young people have been leading protests in communities since the early 2000s. We have um, at least one protest a day in South Africa. And the majority of those protests are being led by young people in those communities who are frustrated and are seeking political expression. And so we're, not, we're beyond the point where it may lead to protest. It's already leading to protest. Where we are actually going to find ourselves, and this is what I want to challenge political parties and the media to pay close attention to in this election, is yeah. people saying we are going to reject the whole system. We're going to put this whole democracy thing in the bin. And that's where the greater danger is. Where people say, I'm not going to um, sit and endorse a system that I don't believe in anymore. And if we get to that point and people just disengage, we might have high voter turnout. But if we have, in our last election, we had 43% of eligible voters did not register. If that number goes up this time around, and we have over 50 or 60% of people who are just saying we're not even going to register, then we we are living a farcical democracy. And we can say it's young people to blame because they're not interested. But have we given them something to be interested mm. in? And, and that, that is the big question. So what, what responsibility goes then um, to media? Um, I think the media's role is twofold. The one is to hold um, political parties and the IEC to greater account. So um, the media has, has seen its responsibility as kind of speaking about youth issues, um, especially in the last two weeks, you've heard a lot of media saying, you know, let's a- appeal to youth. But the young people also would like the media to hold parties to greater account and really to say to them, are you doing enough? What are you doing? Is this the right approach? Mm. Um, the second job um, of the media is to really formulate more um, critical engagement. The previous election cycles, what media would focus on doing is focus on these kind of highbrow debates. And we would have all of these main debates. And I'd like to challenge the media to really go to ground as well and to go and have discussions and have conversations in communities rooted with people to really reflect the tone and the mood, not of politicians, but of the Mm. electorate. Because I believe that is the missing story of this election, is how do people feel about the system? How do they feel about politicians? How do they feel about the way in which we do our democracy. And more importantly, what is being done outside of the, the vote? Because our democracy is more than the vote. Yeah, our democracy yeah. is about public participation. Our democracy is about civil, civil engagement. And there are so many initiatives that young people are running on the ground mm. that are, that, where they are trying to do things that are significant in their own lives, in the lives of their communities, that is just unseen by the system. Tessa, I'd like us to focus on, 
I'd like us to focus on what is meant by activism post-1994. And we can do this after um, this news break. And here's Uzi Lesaku with the um, news headlines. Thanks, Kisalda. Good afternoon. Former Bosasa COO Angelo Agrisi has admitted to being racist. This after a recording was played at the Commission of Inquiry into State Capture, in which he can be heard making racist remarks during a meeting with family members of his former boss, Gavin Watson. President Cyril Ramaphosa is expected to meet public protector advocate Busisu M. Krebani in Midrand today. It's reported that the two are to discuss a payment of 500,000 rand that was made towards Ramaphosa's election campaign by Busasa. And the lawyer representing the man believed to be the mastermind behind the killings of the seven family members in Flakfontein, south of Johannesburg, says his client doesn't have any knowledge of the murders. Peter Cooper's bail application is being heard in the Proton Magistrates Court in Soweto. Details at 2 o'clock. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 105.2 FM in East London. All right, taking your calls right now on 0891-104-207. And uh, we're having a conversation about the missing youth vote. And uh, this has been a conversation for the longest time. But what are we missing? Uh, what message are we missing to um, the first-time voters? Uh, and, and this campaign this time around was targeting mostly uh, this category of people who would have voted for the first time uh, since uh, South Africa became a democratic state. 4.5 million eligible voters have no intention of uh, even registering to vote, and that, that really uh, should be cause for concern. And uh, Tessa is joining me uh, in studio as a, a youth worker um, on the phone as a youth worker and social uh, analyst and uh, we're reflecting on uh, what what seems to be missing. Tessa? Yeah, so you're asking about activism and I think there's an interesting link um, historically in our country between activism and politics. Mm. If you think about the pre-1994 era, um, political formations were activist formations. Mm. Um, They weren't just the formations that were giving political voice they were also um, formations that were trying to um, do the work within um, communities to make sure that people could move forward in their lives. And yes, it was a collective struggle against the big machinery of the government, but it was also very specific things that people joined the movement for. Um, it was because of their specific issues being addressed. And I think post-94, um, besides the fact that the, the ANC became the party of governance, they lost their ability to be activists. And I think um, many political parties that have emerged post-94 do not see the value in being activist parties, Mm. those that go to to communities. And a young person said to me last year, they said, I would trust a politician more who's not in government yet, but comes and helps me with my situation, even when they don't have the power to do so. Because then when they get into parliament, I know that they will do something for me when they have the power. And so especially small parties that are coming up um, post-94, there's really a missing gap in our politics, one that really engages with people and says, I don't need to be able to craft legislation in Parliament in order to help you address your daily needs. If we think about civil society in South Africa, there are many organizations who work tirelessly 
um, with very little resources to affect change. And political parties have more resources than some civil society, but don't mm. do the same. And they say, put us in power and then we will. And I yeah. think the challenge is when you are not in power, what do you do with what you can? That's and it. If, you, if they're not doing something on the ground, if they're not showing that you can trust me with your voice, you can trust me with your view, you can trust me with your opinion, and you can trust me to enact change when I don't yeah. have power, then why should we trust you when you do? And and you can't buy trust. Trust is end. And uh, once you miss Absolutely. it, it will be very difficult to regain it. Let's go now to the lines. Uh, Stephen, you're joining us from Matlosana. Good afternoon. Hello, Stephen. Hello. Hi. Yes, Good afternoon. Um, you live. Yes, I'd like to comment on the current issue. Sure. You know, um, I don't know if I qualify as a youth. Because, you know, these things change every now and then. How old are you? Um, I'll tell you. I'm 10, 31 this year. Oh, you still qualify? Yeah, but for me, I last time, the, last and the first time I voted was 2009. And then after then, I told myself that I'm not going to vote anymore. Because to me, um, voting is like um, hosting a set of interviews. You interview somebody and then you hire that somebody. And then mm-hmm. on top of that, you pay that somebody to make your life a living hell. You know, for me, one of my frustrations with uh, uh, politicians is, you know, we are paying taxes left, right, and center. But for instance, here in Matosan, we are driving on horrible roads. So you are paying for a service, and then it's not done. And then uh, the other thing with the, with the politicians is the same issue that the, the lady on the studio is talking about, the fact that we are not listening to it. So right now, I feel that it doesn't matter what political party are you, you don't have my interest in your heart because all of them, they have a lot to say, but all of them, they've got scandals. So I don't trust them. And we know that uh, it's possible that it will get to a point where we are no longer voting. They just decide to put themselves in those positions. And we know So right now, that- Stephen, uh, right now for you, there is... No political party, no political person uh, that has done anything for you, for as Stephen. All of yeah, them are the, the same. same. For me, okay. The Thank you, sir. Thank you very much uh, for the call. Let's go to Mzi in PE. Good afternoon. Hello. Hello. I want to follow up to what the previous caller just said. Okay. Mm. Mm-hmm. I understand it was last week sometime whereby they were saying this researcher from somewhere that the best reason why people, especially youth, won't be voting is there's apathy and there's also alienation. Well, to me, it's not a binary. It's actually both. A number of political parties have been alienated. They are being viewed as aliens. And yes, there's voter apathy. Mm-hmm. Let me be specific with my region, Nelson Mandela Bay. Last time I checked in the 2016 elections, DA did not get the majority, but they got 48, ANC 43. Other parties, I don't have to mention their percentages. It was dismal, to say the least. However, I told Trollip, I don't necessarily support him, I just want the facts. I told Trollip, who was the leader of the DA, right, notwithstanding the majority, right, he then formed a coalition, and to the people around here that I've met, Things are going okay. Now, through the back door, a leader of the UDM, 
right? But probably mm-hmm. about 2%, you know, in the turnout. Whoever um, his name is Bobano or something. In short, Krisada, the people in this region, including the youth, have not been represented in this backdoor coalition. Now, what I'm suggesting to the IEC, maybe in that ballot box, there should be another line, the whether you call it IEC or RSA, that says mm. none of the above. Wow. And then you put an X, and then you put an X in that. Now, the effect of doing that is that you are not voting for a party, but you are basically expressing your discontent. Then uh-huh. the parties will then listen. Any party that then wins without a majority will be forced to have a coalition. And lastly, the youth must stop this paternalistic benevolence and expect people to do things for them. They must form called the youth party, called what you like, and then go to that center of power, the parliament, and formulate their own policies. Otherwise, to expect autogenarians and 60s and 70s who were either in Ruben Island or in exile, which means nothing to the youth, it's not going to solve anything. So the youth must take the metal by themselves, as that youth of 76 did. Kusada, good afternoon. Good afternoon, sir. Points well made and uh, well received. Eddie in Odendal's race, good afternoon. Hi, Eddie. How are you? Wonderful. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine. No, I'm saying to, to young people, and I'm sure that we, I need to convince the office of the presidency that we mustn't announce uh, the date of the, the elections now and give young people... Uh, no, no, no especially young people and all South Africans, the last, last chance of, uh, of, uh, of registering. But how do we convince them, Eddie, because they're not interested? No, I, I, I do understand, and I understand their frustration. Because a lot of things have happened. You know, my, I'm, just, I'm, I'm going to be specific about the ANC Youth League. They have definitely failed young people. And I'm sure I'm not only referring to, uh, to the ANC Youth League, uh, there, are, there are other parties that which have young, young wing, uh, wing uh, um, um, what should I say? Young um, people. But you understand what I mean. Um, so what, what we need, um, we need also really to go to these young people and, and convince them the importance of voting. But we must also talk to politicians, to political parties, that, for example, let me say, let me, if I was a young person, I'll say, if elections are in May, I want to see, I want to judge you on what is going to happen from now and until May. A, month, a month before elections <laughs> about the Zondo Commission and, and all the commissions that are, that are happening. Whether are you going to take action or not? That, that would be the reason to say, I just want to test. The system. uh, Thanks, Eddie. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Eddie. And Tessa, as we conclude, I mean, it's ridiculous that often uh, there's just that rush um, just before the elections. You will see some activity in in roads being extracted, uh, things happening um, just before the elections. Yeah, um, I think political parties need to take your first caller's um, advice and treat the five years in between elections as an interview um, and really go and put themselves in front of the voter as their employer and go and answer some hard questions about what it is the voter expects from them and um, whether they are capable and competent because the last rush is a no rush at all because by that time people haven't even registered.
Um, I, I do want to comment on the registration itself and, and your second caller's point around um, the, the option to not to say nobody at all on the voter, yeah. um, on the ballot. Um, the first thing is, if if you if you have already decided you're not going to vote, and it is a form of protest for you, if you do not register, that protest will also not be registered. Yeah. Because if you don't register, then you're not counted as part of voter turnout or not. So we will still have high voter turnout because voter turnout in our country is only based on who's registered. So I want to appeal to people who have either not made up their mind who they're going to vote for or are trying to not vote as a form of protest to still register. Because if we have a low voter turnout, that is one of the alarms that signal to the international community that something is wrong. But they don't look as closely at voter registration numbers. So that's the first thing. The second thing is there are systems in the world, the UK particularly, where um, you can actually spoil a ballot or you can write, I do not support any party, or you can write something in protest on your ballot. And that is actually counted as a protest vote. So, so the spoiled ballots are, are with the system, counted. They can, yes. So that, that right. people can say, I'm unhappy with the system through the voting. And I think in South Africa, there is a need for us to have a conversation about our electoral system mm. and how people can use elections to express themselves um, differently. But um, our political parties have a long way to go um, in, in getting us um, to the point where they're willing sure. to have those conversations because, of course, it, it impacts on their power. Tessa, thank you. Thank you very much uh, for your um, valuable contribution uh, on uh, this subject matter. Just one more thing, just uh, on the registration. I, I hope that people do know that even though the last registration weekend has happened, they still can, they can still, vote, like your last yeah. caller said, until the proclamation. Proclamation, so people should really still go and register to vote if they haven't done so. At your local municipality offices, you can Absolutely. still go and vote. Um, I mean, register. Thank you, Tessa. Thank you very much, uh, Tessa Dooms, who's a youth worker and social activist. As we're talking, reflecting on this missing youth. All right, uh, we're going to pay the bills, and uh, straight after that, words of wisdom with Mr. Velindaba.